Welcome to Connections with Rich and Bobby. Hi, I'm Rich, Rich Homeris. And I'm Bobby, Bobby Hamlin. Now, most of us take for granted the air we breathe. Not so for our guest, Kirk Legacy, as he shares a story of growing up with cystic fibrosis. We caught up with Kirk at a very unusual forum dedicated to 12 hours of continuous prayer and worship. It was held at Facebook on their main campus in California. You play the trombone. How was that for you and your group to play at Facebook? Well, it was a great encouragement. Uh, We are a group of mostly old men. Not that old. (laughs) Well, that's all relative, right? Over 55, I'd say. And uh, obviously, the group at Facebook, they were in their 20s and 30s. I was very, very encouraged to see their enthusiasm for Jesus Christ and for sharing his good news all over the world using the platform of high tech, whether it was uh, Facebook or WhatsApp or Instagram, to use that as a means of communicating the gospel all over the world. They realized that Facebook is a you know, world company. Were you surprised that uh, Facebook was having an event like this, 12 hours of worship and prayer? I was a little bit surprised, but I was aware that some Facebook employees had started a group for Christians who work at Facebook and that they had had Bible studies at their various campuses for those small groups of people who they were gathering for prayer, and that they had gotten permission to have a big event at Facebook for the Christians who are working there. So I was glad that we were invited to participate in the worship, but uh, not totally shocked. Mm-hmm. How about meeting the people? When you met the people, was it like performing to a secular audience or, or were people really involved and did they really participate? Well, they definitely participated. The audience, I felt, was very engaged and interactive. There was quite an audience there too, wasn't there? A lot of people there. Yeah, there were a lot of people present and a lot of people online as well. Living in the Silicon Valley area, are there other companies like uh, Apple or Google that uh, invite you out to play? Uh, Not yet, but we would love to play. And how is that for you to uh, use music as a vehicle to share the gospel and to uh, be a witness? Well, for me, it's a personal expression of who I am and what's inside of me. Because when I am playing my trombone, I'm worshiping the Lord, even if it's in a rehearsal. You know, I play into Jesus, all that I do, all that I am. And the fact that there are people there engaged in participating just is a bonus, you know, to be able to worship with them. I mean, there are times that I have been playing songs where I'm just weeping with with joy or with meaning because the lyrics touch me so deeply. Mm -hmm. I think the one song that I led the introduction to was called Breathe. This is the air I breathe. I experienced physical struggle from the time of my childhood. I was born with cystic fibrosis. It's a genetic disease. My old brother died when he was 15 of that. And I've been hospitalized at least 50 times with lung infections. Breathing has a special meaning to me because for 20 years of my life, I could barely breathe. I was gasping for breath, coughing all the time with cystic fibrosis. Mm -hmm. So to be able to breathe, to me, is a huge expression of what God did in my life through healing me. So speaking of that, let's go back to your background a little bit and learn a little bit more about you. 
Growing up, did you grow up in a Christian home, or what point in your life did the Lord enter in? My parents are both believers, and my brothers, I have two brothers, they both were believers as well. So it was what you'd call a Christian home, but we were all sinners, you know, and we all had our own struggles. We were all born with a genetic illness, cystic fibrosis, and my older brother died from that when he was 15. They told me I would probably live to be 20, maybe 25. And the main thing I experienced was shortness of breath, dry cough, you know, and then more congestion, lung infections, frequent hospitalizations, a lot of antibiotics, and uh, daily uh, treatments to try to clear my airway so I could breathe each day. And having seen your brother pass from it at 15, that must have affected you and um, besides your love for him, what that meant to your own life, having the same illness. Indeed. I mean, it drew our family closer together. I really cherished my relationship with my other brother. He's also still alive. We're very close. It also made me more aware of life and death and my own mortality. Most people don't think of that when they're 20. But I studied at a Christian college, Westmont, in Santa Barbara. And I remember in philosophy discussing, you know, what is the purpose of man? What is uh, the reason for life? You know, how do you know you even exist? All these kind of philosophical questions. And for me, the most meaningful answer was, you know, I live to glorify God. That's my reason for living. That's my purpose. And whether I live a very short life or even a very sick life, I could still live that for God's glory by my attitude, by my words, by my thoughts, by my choices to praise him and give him glory rather than be, you know, sad, mope, and angry or whatever. So I chose to live to glorify God, not really knowing if I would ever graduate from college. I remember asking myself, you know, what's the reason for going to college? I mean, why do I study so hard? Why am I getting good grades, etc.? If you're never even going to live to graduate, why even study? Are you trying to get a good job, you know, or or you hope someday to get married, or maybe you hope someday to get a house and settle down? I mean, what is life's purpose? And that's when I really came to the grips with the fact that life's purpose is to give God glory, to know Him and to make Him known. What a challenge. It's challenging enough for college students to do well and finish their courses, so it's amazing to have the attitude that Kirk is describing with not knowing what tomorrow will bring, physically, mentally, and spiritually, and to keep his eyes on the Lord. Praise God. Yes, praise God. And we'll return to our visit with Kirk in just a moment, so do stay with us. You're listening to Connections with Rich and Bobby, and we'd love to connect with you. You can friend us on Facebook, post on Instagram, or tweet us on Twitter. Also, if you're enjoying this feature, we'd love to have you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also listen to us on a smart speaker by simply saying, Alexa, Siri, or Hey Google, play the podcast Connections with Rich and Bobby. Now let's return to our talk with Kirk Legacy. You know, giving God glory, sometimes uh, when things are going well, might not be as difficult as when you were going through all these 
physical challenges and going through school and not really knowing what your future held. How was that for you? As uh, you mentioned a little bit about that, uh, not knowing whether you'd graduate or not, but just uh, trying to finish college and most college students are looking ahead to graduation and then their future. But uh, you had these different challenges before you. How was that to be able to interact with other students and yet know that, uh, yes, I want to give God the glory? How did he help you through that? There were times when I realized that it was more important to sit and talk with a student who was hurting than to go to class because relationships matter and people are eternal, but knowledge will pass away. And I still did my homework. I still went to class as much as often as possible, but I recognize that people's relationships are uh, of highest importance. You know, having that point of view is really something for a young person because young people tend to take for granted that they're going to be here tomorrow, take for granted that they'll go on and maybe meet someone, maybe have a family and so on. So they're not so focused necessarily on how they're living their lives every day. It's more like, um, you know, whatever happens today and I'm looking towards the future. In a way, that's kind of a blessing that what you went through helped you focus on what's really important in life. And that's unusual, I think, for somebody so young. I would say, without a doubt, having cystic fibrosis helped me know God better than if I had been healthy. And indeed, I did ask to be healed, and I wasn't healed of cystic fibrosis. So I struggled, you know, God, why don't you heal me? I mean, I think I could do so much more for your kingdom if I were a healthy guy instead of going to the hospital all the time. And the Lord spoke to me by just the scripture, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And I realized that to live with an illness and to suffer and to uh, experience ongoing pain and, and still be gracious about it and have experienced God's grace is more powerful than to be healed because I can't promise you that you're going to be healed of whatever ails you. God sometimes heals and sometimes he doesn't. You know, that's such an important point because so often you can hear even among other Christians that if you're not being healed, you must be doing something wrong. Why doesn't God want to heal you? Or people feel guilty, like I must be in sin or something. And I think it's such an important point that um, God heals in different ways. It isn't necessarily bringing you around physically, but it can be um, just in how he's giving you more faith and more focus and so on. So I think, you know, your point is so important that he doesn't always step in by answering our prayer by that kind of literal healing that we're asking for. But it doesn't mean that he isn't there, or that he doesn't love us or mean to use us. Absolutely. You mentioned about relationships, and uh, sometimes you would uh, just stay and help other students. Did they listen more because they knew you were going through trials? I believe so. Um, I had one friend some years later who I met. He said, you know, I never could have talked to you if you had been, you know, super healthy. Wow. said, because you were weak, I felt I could approach you and share my own concerns with you. And I couldn't hide my weakness. I mean, I was constantly coughing and, you know, my lungs were very congested. And I was 125 pounds wow. at six foot. I was skinny rail, you know. 
Here you are a little bit older than 20, <laughs> and you look very healthy, and I know you've lived a big life of service. How did that happen? Well, I was taking a class called Perspectives on the World Christian Movement, and that class taught me that God had a plan for the whole world and a plan for my life, and I wanted to be involved in it. And I thought, I don't know how long I will have to live, but however long that is, I want to be engaged in that plan. And I learned about a people group called the Kurds. This was in 1987. And I, I learned about the Kurds, and I realized that here's a people that have no country. They have no freedoms to speak of. Their culture is oppressed. They live in Iran, Iraq, Turkey. They're predominantly Muslims. And there is no church. There are a few Christians among them, but there is no church. And I wanted more than anything to be part of that process of bringing the gospel to the Kurds. And on our next podcast, Kirk shares not only how the Lord performed a physical miracle in his life, but also how he stepped out in faith to reach the Kurdish people with the gospel. So be sure to join us then and tell others. Yes, and it is an amazing story. Also, Kirk Legacy has written a book telling of his story entitled Between a Rock and a Hard Place. Very clever. Published by Christian Faith Publishers, and it is available online and at most book outlets. You've been listening to Connections with Rich and Bobby, and we'd love to have you subscribe to our podcast on this platform or any of the others like iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. You can also listen to us on a smart speaker. You simply say, Alexa, Siri, or Hey Google, play the podcast Connections with Rich and Bobby. Then you may join us on social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you have questions or comments, you may email us at connect to, that's the number two, Rich and Bobby, Bobby spelt with an I, at gmail.com. This is Connections, connecting with one another, as Romans 1 verse 12 says, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. So we thank you for listening, and remember, tell others, and spread the word. And don't forget to join us next time on Connections with Rich and Bobby.